Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Matteo Pistono, host of the Hay House Meditations podcast. And I'm here to invite you to our free five-day meditation challenge starting January 28th at hayhouse.com slash five days. There are so many benefits to meditation. In as little as five days, you can be on your way to sleeping better, feeling calmer, embracing life more, and finding ways to ease your physical pain. During the challenge, each day, you'll receive two free meditations, one for the morning and one for the evening. These guided meditations will help you unlock a happier and healthier you. Plus, you'll get exclusive access to two live webinars with me where I'll answer your meditation questions. And best of all, you'll be joining a like-minded, supportive community, making the commitment to change their lives by building a meditation practice that brings meaningful results. Whether you're brand new to meditation or a seasoned meditator, I really hope you'll join us starting on January 28th. Go to hayhouse.com slash five days to join now and download a free PDF where I share five ways to boost your meditation practice. That's hayhouse.com forward slash the number five D-A- Y-S. Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. And I'm Diane Ray, just wrangling the calls here in the studio in Carlsbad. And Dr. Wayne Dyer joins us in Maui. And Dr. Dyer, you're looking forward to New York? You've got some traveling coming up. I do, but how do you wrangle calls? I want to know that. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm it's wrangling calls. It's an involved calls. process. <laughs> I see. We, okay. we let Joe do the actual <laughs> wrangling, I guess. <laughs> I see. I thought wrangling was what you did to cows and herding them and so on, but maybe I'm missing that word. No, no, That's you're it. right. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a wonderful um, text message this morning from Scarlett Lewis, and... Um, I don't know if you've seen this not or not, but you know her book is out now, Nurturing yes. Healing Love. Scarlett is the mother of one of the children that was k- killed at, uh, at Sandy Hook in uh, in Connecticut, in Newtown, Connecticut, uh, last December the 14th. Um, her little boy Jesse was killed, and it was discovered that he was really a hero, that he had saved six other little children's lives, all documented. And today on the cover of the New York Daily News is a, a picture of Jesse. The whole the whole front page of the newspaper is a picture of Jesse and what a hero he was and how he saved six children when the gunman, uh, his gun jammed. And when he uh, when he was changing his clip, he herded out six children. Anyway, Scarlett was, uh, has written a book uh, that's based on the last three words that, uh, that Jesse had written out, uh, Nurturing, Healing, Love. And the book has just come out. It's a Hay House book. I, I wrote the foreword for her. She was in my audience um, last year when I was in New York, and um, uh, she's going to be on the Today Show sh- soon. And it's it's just an amazing, amazing story. The book is. I don't have you read it. Uh, you know, Diane? I just got it on my desk, and it's it's on the list. Yeah, it's one that you won't be able to put down. It's a really an astonishing story. Um, so I'm going to, hopefully, I'm gonna, I've invited her to come to New York. I don't know if she'll be able to or not, so I don't want to promise that. But, and uh, I think, well, she's I, speaking I uh, on the special, is that right? She was in the, my PBS taping. She didn't speak, but I did introduce her. She was in the audience. Um, 
she's just a remarkable woman because she has taken this uh, horrific incident, you know, of mass killing and so on, and instead of just becoming a proponent for uh, ridding our world of guns and so on, which is which is my uh, inner vi vision, um, to, to see a world where we don't we don't even. That we become a people who de who decide to live like Lao Tzu said, that uh, where we don't have enemies, and so therefore we don't need weapons that are designed to destroy each other. Um, and it's our original nature. And I and I I wrote an entire book on on Lao Tzu and the Tao Te Ching and how he speaks about our original nature and how we've gotten away from it. But that that's another story. What she has done is just taken this and decided to turn it into love. Um, so she's created a foundation and. Um, uh, and has written this book, uh, you know, to to be able to promote uh, love in our world instead of hate, which is one of the. It's obviously we're on the same team. I just uh, I take a little stronger st stand against, uh, you know, continuing to create weapons that uh, you know that destroy each other and and then even m more massive weapons until ultimately we've gotten so far away from our original nature that we've created weapons that are capable of destroying all of life on this planet for the next 10,000 years. Um, it's an insanity that, um, that we've, we've created. But she's just turned this whole thing around and, and tells the story and, and how Jesse, her little six-year-old boy, uh, absolutely had a premonition about all of this and sort of knew it. And, and in fact, those are the words, the title of the book, I think it's Nurturing, Healing, Love, is that correct? That's right. Uh, yeah, those are the last, those are the words that he wrote out. Remember, he's, he was only six years old, he's five and a half years old when he wrote those words out. Uh, which is, you don't, you wouldn't think of someone in the first grade writing out words like that, but he did. And uh, so that's... It's pretty, a pretty amazing story, and I know uh, Scarlett is going to be doing a lot of TV appearances. I think she'll be on the Today Show maybe this week, or I saw yes. some emails going mm -hmm. around about that, so I'm really looking forward to seeing her mm -hmm. and, and reading the book. The book is, is going so, to be intense so to read. Well, it's not sad. It's it's really not. It's just like you just it's mouth mouth dropping. It's eye opening. It's um, it's just awe inspiring. It really is. I had uh, a couple of my children read it when it was still in a manuscript form, um, and they couldn't put it down. And I felt the same way because usually when people ask me to write forwards and so on uh, you know i have to kind of I, I can't sit down and, and read you know all of it I, that's all i'd ever do but uh, her book i started on page one and and i sat there until i finished it it's, it's not that long a book but it's a very very touching beautiful story and uh, and what she is doing with this and and how she's tr trying to take this darkness i mean her whole theme is that you know you know killing killing little children is the ultimate in darkness you know it's as dark as we can get but to respond with more darkness that is more anger um, we just multiply the amount of darkness so we have to respond to darkness with light it's the only thing that will eliminate the darkness and um, so um, she's doing just that and it's it's really a beautiful story she's a beautiful beautiful woman and uh, I'm going to try to get her to come out to my uh, the Maui conference in uh, January, which I want to invite all of you out there. It's uh, I think this is the last week to to sign up before the. It's a, I think it's a hundred dollars. That's discount. right, by the twenty fifth, and you can of, save a hundred dollars. Uh, right, and it's going to have Anita Morjani and uh, Immaculate Ilabigiza, the Rwanda. These are two women that I consider to be saints on our planet, and um, and I'm going to be doing an entire weekend on divine love. Uh, which is really, truly all of our ultimate callings, to come to a place of divine love. 
and um, hopefully Scarlett's going to be there as well. I've asked her to to come. Wow, so that would be, be great if be she good. could uh, say a few words because mm-hmm. it's so yeah. yeah, it so ties in with with that subject. And every time I hear Immaculate speak, I just uh, spoke to her recently about her new book, The Rosary, and mm-hmm. she just speaks with so much passion. And you know, it, it's it's always amazing when I hear that story. You know, no matter how many times she's told it or, or in different ways, you still can't mm. believe that that happened. Yeah. Left to Tell is another one of those books that once you start it, you just you have to read every yeah. word of it, even though you know the outcome. And, uh, and the interesting thing about it is that English is her, uh, is her third language. Her first language is Kinyawanda, which is what they speak in Rwanda, which she spoke. And her second language is French. And she taught herself English while she was in the bathroom hiding from the... Uh, you know, the genocide uh, where the Hutus were slaying and kids just um, using machetes to kill. They killed almost a, almost a million people in a country the size of Maryland in 90 days back in uh, 1991. So it's, uh, she's, and she's a survivor of that and how she survived it. And, and it's, it's just, she's an amazing woman. I've spent many, many hours with her, traveled with her all over the country. And um, I really always felt that I was in the presence of, uh, of someone who had... Uh, just a divine aura about her that uh, and I feel that way about Anita as well in fact Anita when I couldn't go to Washington DC because of this injury um, she actually uh, was able to fill in for part of of me uh, of, of my time there and everyone said she did just a masterful job so she was scheduled originally to speak 20 minutes and she spoke for like an hour and 20 minutes that's an incredible story because she that, was just a, uh you know, kind of a regular person, not really a speaker right. or anyone trained, no. you know, to do any of that. And that's pretty intimidating to get in front of a, mm. a big crowd. Of people, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And to tell your story. And, and she did, uh, did yeah. such a great job. Yeah, everyone everyone just raved about it. And because I knew that the first moment I ever spoke to her. Uh, so it's, uh, Maui's going to be a very, very special event. Um, I think it's going to uh, sell out. Yeah, well, it's getting there. It's, uh, it, actually, it won't sell out, I don't think, but it's uh, because we can always expand the room. So, because uh, people come for for that from all over the world uh, for an entire weekend. Plus, we do a, a whale watch. You get to go out there and spend time on the ocean with right next to the humpbacks. Um, I saw a great piece on uh, TV over the weekend on Dateline about I the humpbacks. Too. Isn't that great? It was I on thought 60 of you. Minutes. Yeah, 60 it was minutes. sixty minutes. Yeah, 60 That's minutes right. Last night, yeah, I watched that whole thing. Yes, I was watching that whale standing on its nose yes. and singing, <laughs> and they all sing the same song, and then they go it's away. They, they leave. They go to Alaska, and they go, and then they come back to the to these waters, and they, uh, they they sing a different song the next year, every year, and of course nobody knows what the song, what what the lyrics or whatever it is that what they're, they're doing, saying. what they mean. <laughs> but every male sings the exact same song. Uh, and then they could, it's just all of nature. It's just, it's beyond, I can't, it's beyond, it's like I say, it's like words just don't enter, uh, uh, that kind of awareness. You you can't, you cannot describe it in words. But what a uh, great story, how they're, they're coming back. I was so happy to hear that. Yes, they were, they were near extinction. I swim out there. They, they arrive here in, in the islands around the 15th of November until about the uh, very first part of May, the last part of April. So they're here. This is where they give birth, and they don't eat all the time that they're here. And um, so when I, many times when I go out and swim, right in where, where this event is going to be held, right in front of the Weston Hotel, 
um, you you can go on under the water and you can hear them. You can it's just, and when the days when they're when they're really singing or making those noises, you just don't want to come out of the water. It's really stunning. It's, it's just stunning. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful time to be there. January twenty fifth and twenty sixth are the dates. Right. So mark, mark so your calendars for that. That's coming up, and also we have Pasadena coming up as well. And the one with Abraham is sold out. So they've told me to make sure that I, because I have a lot of friends who are trying to call and wanted me to get them tickets, and I've been told, don't promise anyone tickets. That one's a, really a sellout. So. Oh, I hope there'll be a product for that. I'm sure that there'll be they some were, taping. Or, and and it'll also be streamed. I believe they're going to stream it. Yeah. So that's a great option is to do the live so stream. I'm, right. I'm going to be in, and then we're going to create a, a product uh, 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 as well after it. But it's just going to be uh, Abraham and I in in. Uh, having a discussion uh, and a dialogue. And, and if you've never and, seen that, I mean, the first time I saw Esther and Jerry, uh, you know, do what they do, it's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> it's pretty amazing to see and to hear what uh, they say. I've, I've, been, you know? I've been listening to Abraham, and, I've, you know, there's a lot of people who claim to be, you know, doing channeling and so on, but... Uh, this is this is the real deal. I I've been listening to her since 1985, uh, channeling uh, yeah, Abraham Rollins being Yeah, and uh, and I've, they've never she's never slipped once. I mean, it's just it's just something just takes over. because uh, I know her personally, um, and when she goes into Abraham, it's just it's really amazing. It's interesting because when they when she submits the, when Abraham submits a book because they've done like three or four books now with Hay House. Uh, one of the stipulations is that there's to be no editing. It comes in edited exact, exactly the way it is. It's no word changes at all. Uh, so it's that's going to be an exciting evening as well in Anaheim. Um, I think it's the 13th of November. Yeah, that'll be incredible. So, so you've you've got right. a lot going on, and hopefully feeling better. You sound yeah, great for the next. I yeah, I am feeling better. Last night I had another one of these crazy attacks. Uh, I went to a play. Uh, my friend's uh, daughter was in a play. To, uh, You're a good man, Charlie Brown. That was the play, seventh grade play. Uh, and I sat there, just enjoyed it so much. Uh, but something just took over in that thing. So I talked to Pete about it this morning, and I'm feeling great right now. And I'll be there. I'll be at each one of these, and it's all going to be fine. So. That's what we like to hear. Well, right. we've got a bunch of callers, but I just wanted to share with you uh, really quickly just two quick emails. We got tons of emails about the show and uh, this one was really nice Mark in Australia New South Wales and he just wanted to pass on his gratitude for introducing him to Wheat Belly and he said he uh, oh, yes. found it him and his wife over there in Sydney and he heard you talking about it on the radio show He and before he heard you speak about it he had really no concern about genetically modified foods and just kind mm. of thought that believe the spin that you know the companies are saying well we're trying to make crops more resistant to pests and so right. on so mm-hmm. he really did some investigating and was really thankful that you uh, kind of opened his eyes a little bit to that. And uh, I wasn't aware that in Australia they don't grow uh, genetically modified foods, but they are allowed mm-hmm. to import them in there. So he's kind of concerned right. of what's going to be, be happening about in his that country. In New York. Because that's a really, really huge. It's Wheat Belly, and also Hay House has a wonderful book on it, Wheat Free, Worry Free, um, which is a terrific book. A lot of people have raved about it because I've been promoting it. Um, but yeah, going, I think going gluten free is, is is the solution to a lot a lot of things. I just did a, a uh, an endorsement for a book uh, written by uh, Ron uh, 
Kaufman, who was uh, the son in Sunrise. He was a he was a uh, autistic child, and and was designated, you know, that he would be institutionalized and so on. And he said, and the because I was reading it last night, and I wrote the, a, a really nice endorsement for him. Uh, <clears throat> and um, the, when that was 1971, when I knew his parents. In fact, his mother was one of my very first patients in my practice that I opened up there in New York. Um, one in ten thousand people had uh, were born with autism. One in ten thousand. Now it's one in one hundred. One percent. One percent of birth. That's really an astonishing uh, change and shift in just one generation. Um, I I I just think what we've done to our food supply. Uh, has, has got to be related to some of those dramatic kinds of changes. The amount of obesity in our in our Absolutely. country is is not because everybody is just a bunch of gluttons now. It's like we have our our food has been modified to such an extent to turn things off in the brain that tell people, okay, you've had enough, and so on. So it isn't just eat eat less and exercise more. It's it's really looking at. You know what I was thinking about this, Diane, last night, is that. You know, for eons, for eons, God's way, you know, the Creator's way, was food would be planted in the in the ground, and then the, then the seeds from that. Like if you want to grow watermelons, you would, um, you know, you would get a watermelon seed, you put it in the ground, you nurture it, and so on, and you get a vine, and then you get watermelons that grow on it. Now, if you want to grow watermelons, you have a seed, and then you. But now the the watermelons come seedless very often, and you have to go to a company to Monsanto who now owns it. And uh, we have modified. I mean, we have literally interfered with God's way of of growing food on our planet by modifying it in such a way that uh, that the next generation of foods uh, are now owned by uh, companies that patent the seeds. Think about what. Think about the concept. That concept and what that means um, is that you know for for millions of years the, the way that things grew was the cycle the cycle of life you know a, a, a tree is in the in the forest and the, and it's uh, you know and it drops its leaves and the leaves and the seeds from that that create another forest and another forest and another forest and now what we've done is saying somebody else can own that and if you want to grow trees we're, you're gonna have to come and buy it from us I mean how absurd can that be that we've allowed companies to patent and own food and then modify it in in these ways so it's i think we really need to look very hard at all of the the really big changes that we see especially uh in our physiology um you know and and, and medically and so on that uh, when we alter our food supply to that extent and and remember we've lost half the world's population of bees in just uh, the last decade you know, because bees have got to be confused when they go right. out there and try to pollinate something. That pollinate, try to pollinate something that's been modified. It's not what it's not a flower like it used to be, and, and we're doing that to our food supply. Um, we've really got to wake up. All right, anyway, that's that's a rant that I could go on and on. <laughs> well, I know <laughs> it's a subject. Wheat belly and and uh, and the and the hay house book, uh, wheat free, worry free, both are really terrific. They changed my really. You'll see you'll see a difference when you see me. A total difference in in who I am. My skin has changed, my weight has dropped off, any excess weight, uh, and I'm feeling feeling much, much better. No, definitely. What was the, what was the other email? <laughs> oh, the, oh, the other email. This is a good question, and I know a lot of people are interested in, in manifesting their desires and bringing forward what, what they want. And uh, I got this uh, email question uh, from a friend of mine named Sam, and he says, I believe that feelings are the hook upon which intent hangs. Feelings are the mm. manner 
in which we can access our intention and connect with the source to manifest our desires. And then he goes into, uh, he was very influenced by Carlos Castaneda's The Power of Silence mm. in a scene where Don Juan and Carlos are chased by the jaguar. And Carlos oh, explains, story, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. how it's actually feeling. So he wanted to know, he says, you say, assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. It seems that you too believe feelings are the connecting link to intention. And he would like to better understand how to access feelings to latch onto them to process them in the fashion to create intent yeah that's a good question we could go on and on about that one i mean i've written a lot about that in wishes fulfilled i have a whole chapter on that it's called assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled and basically what you have to do is not just have an intellectual idea of what it is that you want to manifest but you have to you have to you have to see it in 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 your imagination and then the key to making it manifest is is what what your friend just said is this whole world of feeling and you have to feel it you feeling it means you feel it in your body you know, it's uh, it's it's like uh, you, you feel it in, in your in your in your sinews of, of your of your of your uh, of the arteries and, and your heart and your liver and your stomach and all. You absolutely it becomes it becomes who you are. It isn't just a thought. It is something that you carry around with you and, and feel as a as a way of as a way of being. And when you can assume the feeling of whatever it is that you would like to have fulfilled and actually feel it in your body, not just think, oh, wouldn't it be nice if, but to feel it, to literally feel it there, that that is the connecting link. And Abraham talks a lot about that as well. I'll be talking to her about that. Yes, very good. So we do have time to grab a call before the break. Sure, let's do that. Yeah, let's do a lot of great people up here. So let's go to uh, Anastasia in Sacramento on line two. And thanks for holding, Anastasia. Thank you so much for taking my call. I actually talked to both of you a couple weeks ago. I was calling about my vision and got some really good advice. But there was a question on that day that I wanted to ask, and I just couldn't quite pull it together. So I thought I'd try again. Okay. Um, My sister, my gorgeous, talented, funny, brilliant sister, was diagnosed a couple years ago with borderline personality disorder. And... um, she took her life a couple weeks ago, and um, because of the work of Anita and because of you, Dr. Dyer, I think that, sorry, I'm a little choked up, mm. um, I've I'm actually have been able to very quickly work through the idea that my sister is in the most glorious place, and she's free from torment. My issue right now is that um, toward the end, because there was so much drama going on, we all had to use a lot of tough love with her. And on her last day, um, her interactions with our 80-year-old mother were not the best, not probably the last thing that you want to say to your daughter. And I actually had some of that going on as well. And so my question is, um, do you have any words of advice that I can offer my mother that will comfort her? That, I mean, she's very, we're all kind of stuck in the fact that my sister died alone in a field. And... Um, even though we know, and I've got my mom reading Anita's book, and that's really, really helping. But there's still this part of us that's stuck in right. her last moments of being alone and feeling abandoned, which wasn't the case. We all loved it yeah. her and wanted to help her, and um, but we couldn't. And yeah. so, um, so we're stuck in this sort of last moments of her life being alone, and I wanted mm. to hear... There's a we we just have a minute left. There's a um, there's a wonderful song by Jackson Brown. It's called For a Dancer, 
And some of the lyrics to that song are, Into a dancer you have grown, from a seed someone else has thrown. Go on ahead and throw some seeds of your own somewhere between the time you arrive and the time you go home because, and here's the line that's really important for you, because in the end, there is one dance you'll, you'll do alone. We all do that dance alone, my dear. And uh, why don't you hang on, and uh, we're, we're going, I just got the notes that we just have a few seconds left, and, and I'll come back and we'll finish that up. But the idea of being obsessed because your, your daughter was, your, uh, your sister was alone, we're all alone. That's the last dance we do, we do it alone. I'll be back. And we'll be right back with more calls on Wishes Fulfilled. Master the art of manifestation. Welcome to Wishes Fulfilled with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Welcome back to the show. Earlier in the program, we mentioned several events Dr. Dyer will be at. Make sure you check out our website to get yourself reserved hayhouse.com forward slash events and find out where Dr. Wayne Dyer is going to be. And going back to our caller, we had Anastasia in Sacramento on line two, and uh, Dr. Dyer was going to finish his thoughts, so we'll bring Anastasia back on. You still there? I am. Thank you very much for coming to talk to me. Yeah, it's just I was uh, quoting the Jackson Brown song because, uh, you, you know, you were telling me that you know, the sadness that she was alone, and uh, and as he says in that song so beautifully, in the end, there is one dance we'll do alone. We all do that dance alone. Um, you know, uh, I, I wasn't able to be with my mom at, at that last moment. My brother was uh, at, her, at her last moment. But um, this was a moment that she, it was her moment to be with God, and there was something that just came over her in that uh, second or so before... Um, before she took her last breath, as she was taking her last breath, and there was like a peacefulness that was going. On. And I can assure you that the very same thing happened with your sister, and uh, and your mom needs to know that with her daughter that that's the moment when um, you know, wh whoever it is that is there to greet her will be there for her. I mean, all of the all that we know about it, and of course, it's the great mystery. Every time I ever hear about anyone who has died, I always have a sense of. Uh, uh, they're in the great mystery now. They, you know, they're they're seeing what we all wonder about. You know, uh, uh, and instead of looking at death as some just some horrible ending and so on, and even uh, even all the ways that you talk to her and all of the things that uh, went on, this was just all part of the uh, of the perfection of of, of her life. Uh, she'll probably have many many endless opportunities to uh, to get it the way uh, you know her soul wants it to be. Uh, and this whole idea about having regrets and, and feeling uh, as if you could have done more and so on, it's, it's all just part of the perfection of it all. And once you get that, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a very peaceful uh, thing to know. It's true of our pets. It's true of our plants. It's true of everything that materializes, dematerializes. How it does so is just all part of the, uh, the perfection of the invisible intelligence that rules it all. And it was, uh, it was your sister's dharma. And there's nothing that can be done other than just to, just to send her just to send her love. Do you feel her around you at all? Does your mom? Um, I don't know if my mom does, but we've talked about that a lot, and I mm -hmm. have said keep talking to her. She's with you know, and and the right. one thing that's been fascinating about this is that it's really opened my mom up to metaphysics and a whole new way of thinking that that 
just because we're not, you know, we've changed our form doesn't mean we're not here anymore. And I think that mm. it's, it's wonderful to watch somebody evolve and start thinking in new ways at the age of 80. So that's a gift that my sister has given her. And I'm very yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think she just feels tremendous guilt that, you know, her last words were tough. I mean, yeah, they I mean, weren't the, cruel, but they were realistic, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that's they, what we uh, were dealing with at that time. So, yeah, I know, I know, I have a daughter. And you, I know this, that the, you understand mm-hmm. that you've had this with your, your I, life. With I, your I kids, have, you, I have, yeah, and I and and I try to. Uh, uh, you know, I always try to be loving, but I think uh, this whole, whole idea of, be, of being firm and being honest and being truthful is uh, is probably one of the best things that you can do. And uh, your sister just uh, no longer could handle uh, living in in the body that she was in. Uh, you know, with all of it. was she was she doing drugs? No, she wasn't. She just had mm-hmm. developed borderline personality disorder, which had sort of been under control for most of her life, and just suddenly in her fifties, kind of took hold of her and she was very mm. tormented I she's one of the most courageous people I've ever known in my life she mm. dealt with some of the stuff I mean she's just my hero mm-hmm. um, I can't even imagine what it was like to wake up in her body knowing the loving compassionate joyful person that she was to wake up mm-hmm. that kind of a brain um, malfunction every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for her was absolute torture. So I, the well, fact that she did it as long as she did makes she's just my hero. Mm, yes, yes, and she had a, some kind of a, a, a some kind of a malformed thing in her brain of some kind. Um, right. This this was this, this was this was a choice for love. It was a choice for love. It's not. It was not a choice for anything other than to be in a divine place. I mean, listen to the teachings of Abraham. I mean, over and over again, they talk about, you know, when you close your eyes. And in fact, my new PBS special, I end with a poem by Hafiz about. Uh, it's called a treehouse, you know, and uh, and it's like. Uh, that uh, you know, we we all hold the keys to like to infinite, divine, perfect love, uh, and the minute that we leave this human world and let it behind, we'll be in a world where there is no opposites. This will no true oneness. You know, where you have to try to imagine a world that is um, that doesn't have any opposites. You know, the opposite of of hate. Uh, or the opposite of joy is hate, or the opposite of love sometimes is hate. But imagine, uh, m- imagine a world where there's no opposites, where there, all there is is love, where all there is is joy, and, and you'll never find anything but that. That's where your sister is, and um, and for her to take that step. Uh, and by the way, it's a choice that every single one of us all have every moment of our lives. We all have that choice of whether or not to continue on uh, in this path or not. And uh, and it's just like, you know, so we make the choice to continue breathing and continue living until ultimately the time comes when either that choice is made for us by someone else or, or we make it by ourselves. And um, there needs to be no, no guilt att- attached to it uh, at all because everything that materializes dematerializes. Everything. There's no exception to that. That's the, well, I think it will un- be really helpful for my mom to hear it come from you because she has... Yes. The utmost of respect for you, and um, to hear yeah. it from your mouth is going to be very helpful. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Thank well, you your very, sister, very much. your sister's uh, wrapped up in the arms of God. Uh, there's a wonderful new book that we have out. I'm going to send one to you today. It's uh, it's uh, written by Larry Dossie. It's called One Mind, 
Um, and I know we can get a copy off to you. I don't do that very often, but uh, uh, just leave your name and address. I think you'll find you'll get a lot out of this. This whole idea to see to see the connectedness of everything in the universe. I think you'll love this book. It's Larry Dossi's One Mind. We'll send a copy off to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. This You're is welcome, Anastasia. So helpful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, dear. Leave that is address. a great book. <laughs> yeah. Did you finish it? Yeah, I did. I liked mm -hmm. it a lot. I really did. I had yeah. a great uh, conversation with him. Um, did you? Yeah. I think everybody mm -hmm. should read that. I just love that idea yeah. that we're all, we are so connected. And he presents so many great stories and, and this, studies, oh, yeah, right. you know, to back mm -hmm. it up. Absolutely. So give it a thumbs up. Yeah. And let's go to Leah on line one, and she's calling from England. Welcome, Leah. Thanks for holding. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for hearing my call and um, for your beautiful, true, loving, divine presence. Thank you, Leah. <laughs> hmm. Very welcome. It's good to hear your voice, Wayne. Thank you. Thank you. Did we talk before? Yeah, we talked last week. I thought so, yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Fantastic. Great. Well, thank you for calling back. What's on your mind today? We just have a few minutes. Okay. Uh, what's on my mind today is um, how can I best help uh, people be in the highest of vibration when sometimes I find myself um, fragmented in different dimensions? Well, the best way that you can help people to raise their vibration is to raise your own. And... Um, you know, it's a, it's a line that I've always said. It's like low low vibration people, low energy people, cannot bring you down. You know that. Uh, you know, it's like if you have if if you are coming from a very high place, a place of love, a place of kindness, a place of serenity, joy, uh, contentment. If that's where you're coming from in your life, you radiate you radiate out uh, pheromones of energy that um, you know that impacts other people around you. If, on the other hand, you find yourself being brought down by low energy people, it's not because their energy is bringing you down, it's because you're joining them. If someone says something hateful to you, and you respond, it's like the last call that I was talking to with Janelle, if her brother says something terrible to her and she reacts with anger, she's just multiplied the amount of darkness. It's what I talked about at the beginning of the show with about Scarlett and, and, and her young son who was killed in that horrible thing last December at, in, in Connecticut. You know, that if you react to darkness with more darkness, you just magnify the amount of darkness. The only solution to darkness, the only solu solution to low energy is to bring higher energy to it, to bring light to it, to bring, you know, it's the prayer of St. Francis. It's this famous prayer, where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is darkness, let me bring light. light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. In other words, St. Francis isn't asking God to bring him peace. He's saying, let me be an instrument of thy peace. That is, in other words, allow, let, me, uh, let me be more like the source from which I came. And when you do that, you elevate the consciousness, the, the energy, the, the feelings of people around you. Uh, and you can't, you can't do it with advice. You can't do it with uh, writing them write letters. You can't even do it with books. You, you do it by changing your energy. And I know that I've seen myself do this many, many times, even around strangers, people who are really angry. If I move in real close and, and have loving energy just radiating from me toward them, their, their anger slows down and dissipates. I've seen it around babies. I've seen it around animals. Um, I, 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 you can 
literally impact everything around you. I mean, this is true. If there's a wonderful book called The Secret Life of Plants, you know, even plants can do this. You know, like trees. You know, when they know that there's danger around, can actually send out pheromones uh, to to uh, end the the contamination or the you know the possibility of of disease coming at them. It's the nature of our universe. It's um, you know they set up Jesus when he would enter a village, just his presence in the village, and 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 nothing more would elevate the consciousness of everyone around them. I watched it with Mother Teresa when I walked into a room that she was in. The energy of the room changed when she came into the room. I've seen it with my own self uh, when I walk into a room uh, and people realize that I'm there and I'm there to give a talk on divine love and so on. That everything starts to change because you can you can literally impact everything around you by just shifting your energy. That's one of the great lessons of life. Yeah. Well, thank you, Leah. God bless you. It's lovely to hear from you again today. Thank you, and you're so welcome, and bless your back. Thank you, yes. And move it up a little to the neck, okay? The back's doing pretty good. <laughs> I bet you could answer one more really quick. Sure, if we got how much time we have, a minute or two? There's about a minute, but this is a Let's one, one quick question. Right, David in Louisiana sure. on line six, if he's still there. I am. I am. Thank you, uh, Diane. Thank you, Dr. Dyer, for being a spiritual advisor for me for the last year or more through your books, your CD sets, your DVDs. I watch, I, I listen every day. And I'm going through a major shift in my life following my dharma mm -hmm. and giving up my teaching job. So I'm surrendering and trusting. And, and so thank you for that. But my, my quick welcome. question is, I'm, and I'm sorry, uh, I'm reading your book on the, on the Tao. And, uh, mm -hmm. and and years ago, I was very influenced by Yogananda's interpretation of the Bhagavad Gita. Somebody was right. mentioning that you might be even writing a book on that in the future. I am. Is there I any am. truth I to am. that? There is much truth to that. That will be my la next, maybe my last book. Yes, it's going to be on divine love. I've read the Bhagavad Gita three times in the last uh, several months. Yes, I'm going to write my own interpretation of it. I will Good do that. News. Great yeah. question, David. I'm glad that you could uh, jump in there. Let's, send, <laughs> in the him, last let's send him the Eckhart Tolle DVD as well on Experiencing the Miraculous. Okay, leave your address. If you would like to hear more of Dr. Dyer's radio show, tune in to HayHouseRadio.com. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit HayHouse.com. Thank you for listening.